Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach and you're listening to Green Juice and Tequila. Green Juice and Tequila represents the earthy, organic, natural vibes colliding with raw, imperfect, and unfiltered stories. Some of us can have it all together, y'all. Eating the latest health nut craze, drink our green juice, meditate every morning. But we also have a side that's vulnerable, real, and sometimes stressed. Life throws you curveballs, y'all, and that's okay. You can be both, green juice and tequila. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Green Juice and Tequila. And I am so pumped for this episode. Not only is this gal one of my dearest soul sister friends, but she is just this inspiring entrepreneur, mama, yoga teacher, life coach. My dear friend Kylie Claiborne is on today. Yay! Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me, Mel. This is exciting. I know. We made it happen. I know. We totally made it happen. It always ends up working out that way. Um, So you guys, Kylie, she and I have been friends for, goodness, I don't know, maybe like what, nine or 10 years? It's been quite quite a long time. Um, And so when I was coming up with the idea of what episode I wanted to bring Kylie on, I mean, Kylie has done so many things that, and each one of those things have been super influential and inspiring to others. But the one thing I want, I really wanted to bring up today was, you know, Kylie's a business entrepreneur and she's started a couple different companies in, in her past. And one of the companies that she had started was a children's clothing company. And one, wait till you guys hear the story, like <laughs> the, the, the purpose and reason behind this company, you're like, of course she would start this company because she is just like an inspiring individual and she's always trying to put out goodness and positive vibes out there. So Kylie, why don't you just give a little bit of an introduction, just kind of like your background and let's dabble totally into your like your children company um, and what you're doing now and kind of go from there. Okay. Wow. That's such an awesome intro, Mel. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I have to live up to the hype. No. Thank you. Okay. So yeah. So my first like toe dip into um, being an entrepreneur was, like you said, starting my um, children's t-shirt company. I started solo and then quickly um, my good friend Liz came on because she could see me struggling <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out all of the things of how you know, what designs to do, what prints to make. But it was a children's t-shirt company centered around historical heroes and heroines like Frida and Abraham Lincoln and Maya Angelou. And so I created that company because I have two boys, two small, and they were, you know, small at the time. This was over five years ago. And I was just uninspired with what I was seeing on the marketplace. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going to start and try to create um, what I want for my kids uh, that I'm not seeing. So we just kind of started, and we started really badly, you know, like you do when you first start something out, and grew and bootstrapped that business, um, you know, for over five years. I sold it a year and a half ago, yeah, and it's still going. So it was an amazing journey, and I think... 
it was uh, in so many ways, I feel like I'm now standing on the shoulders of that business because I learned Mm -hmm. so much um, just figuring things out on just Liz and I figuring things out together and then figuring things out on my own. And so I am so grateful for that part of my, um, of the journey. And I genuinely am somebody that enjoys the process of who I have to become to embrace, um, a new journey in my life, to embrace, you know, the heroine's path. That's what it's about, right? Where you feel that, calling to do something or you feel the calling to do something new and you pivot. Um, But I enjoy, I think that's something I've realized just lately, like when I say lately, the past couple of years, that that's actually a part of it that I genuinely enjoy. It's just like who you have to become in order to step into those places of really, um, you know, the life of an entrepreneur is not an easy one. It's not. Yeah. And you learn, you learn so much about yourself when you start a business. And it usually, when you start something, it's because you're passionate about it. There's some sort of magnetic force and and signs that you start to see. You're like, I'm going to make this into a business. There's a need for this in an industry of whatever it is that you're going into. So when you guys started your clothing company, you know, what were kind of the first steps that you took forward to make that come into, into flourishing of light? Like you guys like created it, it's here. Like what were those steps that you did to, to get it going? Well, our, I mean, as you can imagine, like a lot of our business was social media based. So we were, um, you know, very active on social media and, you know, five years ago or six years ago now, the landscape of like Instagram and Facebook was very different than oh my gosh, even yes. how it is now. Yeah. And so um, I was actually in preparation for coming to talk with you. I was trying to think about like how the algorithms were different and all mm-hmm. of that. It was a, it was a different. So we grew pretty quickly um, and we just got out there. We did yeah. shows. Um, we were just busy on social media, giveaways, all those fun things to just kind of um, get our product out there. It's a very niche product. So it's, um, you know, it's not an, it's a boutique niche kind of item. So we knew it was a certain audience that we were having to speak to and we got really clear on who our customers were. Um, I think that was something that in the beginning I wasn't quite prepared for was, um, when you're the first, not that we were the first on the marketplace to be talking about historical heroes cause we weren't, but when you're kind of, we were the first to be printing them on t-shirts. And so that's great in so many ways, but it also means you're kind of the first one um, yelling out your message in kind of a cave. So there's a lot of educating of your customers that you have to do that I don't think Liz and I were, we just didn't realize that that was going to be part of the thing. So how did you guys get your customers to know about your product? Like what, what were the, you, you talked a little bit about social media. Like how did you guys get to a place of understanding how to market yourself through channels like social media or knowing where to go and network at? Like how did you guys come up and find those, those kind of steps to doing we found complementary brands, so brands that weren't, we didn't really have any direct competitors, right? So there were complementary brands, like a lot of up-and-coming children, off, you know, b- books, like authors that were, you know, doing these awesome books, like, um, you know, Brave Girl's Guide to Historical Women, and like all these beautiful books. So we would try to partner with them, um, and, you know, like I said, we didn't have competition, so we weren't obviously 
pairing with those, but we were pairing with companies that were like complementary and we were complementary to them and working together with them as much as we possibly could. We tried to do collaborations at least one a month, if not more, because it's just the best way to collectively kind of get your message out and you're you're helping each other. So. Exactly. Yeah, and you're part so you're partnering with like-minded brands that mm-hmm. have similar audiences. So you're able to, you know, share your product through their channels, which kind of opens up your network a little bit too, which is right, kind of genius. And 5 years ago, y'all, that was not like that was not the thing. It's the thing now. I feel like I see a lot of people collaborating, mm-hmm. partnering, but y'all were kind of like at the baby stages. Yeah. of um of uh, social media channels. So when y'all started your business and you're like, okay, I'm going into the t-shirt business, like where the ha- like where did you guys start? Like did you just start finding like just t-shirts that were just random like you found on the internet that you could f- buy in bulk and start printing or like like mm-hmm. well, how did you guys decide and and how, I, and I've seen I saw I mean I was one of your first clients. Yes. Like I bought one of your first t- yeah. that Johnny Appleseed t-shirt. Yeah. Um, and then seeing how much you guys have grown, even through your product, um, throughout the years, like what were, what were those shifts and changes that you guys went into with maybe even the quality of your, of your clothing? I think, um, so in the beginning we, you know, like I said, we started out badly because we just (laughs) didn't know you just got to start, right? Like that's the thing. So yeah, we were printing on like, you know. Target t-shirts or whatever we could get our hands on. And then I I love American Apparel. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved American Apparel stuff. And I knew that we could maybe get our hands on that. So we um, quickly moved into that, uh, into those t-shirts and into that quality. We also wanted to do American Made. That was a really important mm-hmm. thing for us at the time. And, you know, it, it, the whole business, that was really what, what it was, a lot of what our um, mission was based around was being USA Made. So yeah. No, did, we just you, did you guys feel like, because I mean, you look at your backgrounds of where you and Liz both came from. Mm-hmm. It's like you kind of had to educate yourself in that industry. So what resources did you use to be like an expert in the child clothing industry or to get information of how to, you know, be the best in, in your industry? Um, I mean, I have a kid, yeah. so I felt like that was like one expert check right there because I like I had two kids of my own I think we just really dove headfirst into like looking at fit and um style Mm -hmm. and just really you know Liz it's so funny because she was like the yin to my yang or the yang to my yin I I don't know which one we would be but she was very good. She is very good with research, and um, mm-hmm. she has a real detailed eye. I'm more of a visionary, big picture person, and so we worked really well in that way. And she was super good at like you know being able to look at all those things and slow down a little bit because I like to go fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think we just we worked together, but we did a lot of like researching and. Um, you know, it comes down to price too. Like, what can we print these for? What can we sell them for? And, um, you know, all of that good stuff. So. so if someone were to come up to you and be like, hey, I'm really interested in, I want to do a children's clothing company and I don't know where to start. Like, what are like three things, you advice you could give to that person and be like, well, before you start, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Like, what were those little three little nuggets you could give advice to someone who was maybe wanting to start something like this? 
good question. I would say the first thing to do would be to look at, which I feel like this is kind of obvious, but it's, it's important. Look at brands that you really admire and then like really get down to the detail of what it is about them that you do admire. Like, what is it? What is it that you love about that brand? What is it? Is it a feeling? Is it a color? Is it a, you know, what is that? That's one thing I would say. The other thing I would say is that if you're going um, into a business with a friend, make sure that you have you know, documents in place and whether it be something with legal zoom or any of that, you want to make sure you have that in place. And I want to say that not because I had Liz and I had a wonderful experience with that. I've also just heard horror stories. And I think we would both say if we did it all again, which we've talked about doing, um, we, we always joke, we should do another business together, but we wouldn't do it the same, right? Like we didn't have any, any legal paperwork between the two of us. And, it probably wasn't the best way to to, right. to, to go about it, but it, it ended up working for us and it was fine in the end. But I have to say, like, I would probably advise someone to, like, get those things set up. Yep. Um, even for yourself, like, are you starting an LLC? Are you going to be a soul? You know, how however you want to um, set that up. And then the third thing I would say would just be just get in there and go. You know, I mean... I think so often our brains like to get in and make things dramatic and complicated and slow us down when really there's just that forward momentum that's going to help you work through all of that in time. Oh, so for sure. Um, I think that would be just like off I love the top that. of my head. Yes. I well, I think it's like it, – and just to add to like your – the jumping in, you know, I think sometimes people get so caught up in their heads. They're like, oh, it has to be this perfect, you know, company. I have to have my all my ducks in a row. And sometimes just like throwing the product out there and just testing the market and seeing how it works and Mm -hmm. going with the flow of your ups and downs as we start to build your company or as we start to build your brand up. Because like, I mean, there's highs and lows. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have really great, great wins. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. with highs and lows, like, can you kind of speak to some of those topics? Like, just so people like, I mean, you learn as you go. So when you do have a low, it kind of gets, you get slapped in the face with it because you're like, oh, shit. Like, what is, totally. how, do I, how am I going to handle this? What does this mean? Yeah. So if you could like kind of speak to some of those things and what sure. you got from them, and maybe even like some ways of how you handled it so you could give a little nugget to people who maybe come across some of those similar lows. Yeah, I mean, I think probably some of the harder stuff that Liz and I um, navigated with our company was just some of the social media stuff because we were featuring people people from history who all had lives before, um, you know, before our day and time and the way that we think people were very vocal about who they supported, who they thought were terrible. And so we had a couple of things that we had to navigate that were pretty painful for both of us Mm -hmm. and really difficult um, to navigate. And, you know, I think we both learned a lot from that. It took us, it was traumatic though. Like, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but it Mm -hmm. was this, the last thing for, for both of us was really, really difficult. Um, we ended up actually hiring a lady to help us navigate um, some of the things that we were dealing with, and that was really helpful. Oh, awesome! Very helpful what to was have that, an expert. What was that lady like? What was her? Um, 
she just helped people navigate social media, um, like a, just attacks. And um, I'm trying to think exact of the exact word in my brain isn't finding it right now, but just like uh, when you have like social media drama and how to handle it, like how to diffuse it, how to... Gosh, I didn't even know there, that existed. Oh, yes. It exists. Oh, nice. Like there are people that that, that is what they... That is what they do. And it's it's so comforting because when you're going through that and your people are blowing you up with DMs and it's 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 you know, it feels terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it feels terrible. Yes. So we were so we were so grateful to have someone like that on our side to help us navigate some of those things. So that was more like on the harder side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, which is hard to navigate, right? When you feel like what you're putting out there is inspirational and yeah only meant to uplift and then, you know, people take it and it it gets seen in all different kinds of lights. And that's just part of it, right? I, nobody can, can control how their product gets, um, seen and heard and, and received. And so that was just part of the journey for us. We definitely learned a lot from it. Um, the ups were really up though. I mean, the ups were really, you know, just fun getting to speak at conferences and share our story and, um, you know, getting to go to shows and sell out our stuff and have lines to, to, I mean, it was just, it was really fun to have, to have on, you know, both were equally great in their own way and that we gleaned gold out of all of it. So, yes. And so you had the company for five years Mm -hmm. and you guys left on a high. Like, so, um, you know, the question I have for you now is just, you guys had an exit, which honestly doesn't really happen with a lot of little small startup companies or even products where, you know, you've got these two mommy entrepreneurs who had a vision, created the product went through highs and lows, grew it over five years, and it grew to a point where there was interest in it. So if you can kind of share maybe your perspective and your story of how you exited and just so, and maybe even give us some little tips and tools of like steps to do that. Because I know that whether you're selling um, an actual physical product or you have a small mom and pop business, like I think the idea of like whether I'm going to leave on a high note or I'm burnt out and I no longer can do that, like what direction do I take? Like mm-hmm. how do I navigate getting out of this? Yeah. So for us, we our site at the time was hosted through Shopify. And Shopify has this cool thing where you can actually buy and sell small businesses on their platform. And since all of our accounting information was was stored on that site, along with all of our inventory that we had, it was really, I mean, I have to say, this is, I'm not getting paid by Shopify <laughs> by any means, <laughs> just saying, but it was such an easy, they made it a very easy process for us because they were able to give us an, a, an estimated value, right, of what they thought based on what they had from their database of of what they would value our company at, which was very helpful. And they, um, you know, so we, we used that and we used their services, which of course they took, um, I can't remember how much, I think it was like yeah, two or 3%. And they did like the, did they help support you through the legal process mm-hmm. of transitioning everything over as well? Yes. Um, we also had Liz's dad helped us navigate some of the legalities because there were copyrights and certain things that had to trans over, transfer over to the new owner. So, um, we had to make sure we were going through the correct steps of doing that. And just all the little things that honestly, I didn't even know we needed to think about and neither did she because we've never done it before. So 
that was huge to yeah. have him like help us with all the things. But um, that was kind of how we exited. We did have a eight month, I think it was six or eight month um, period post sale where where we both stayed on just to help her with you know developing her brand voice and um, you know making sure she was understanding how the printing was going, what kind of quantities to order, what, you know, all these things, but then also letting her take the reins and, and go with it, right. And, and grow the company the way that she saw it in her vision too. And so that was kind of how we did it. A very, you know, rough outline. Oh my gosh. I love that. Like, I think, you know, it's inspirational to hear stories like this where, you started something from nothing and you grew it and you sold it. Like that's huge. Yeah. So with that note, you guys, I always like to play a little game on all my podcast episodes just so we could get to know um, (laughs) my guest a little bit better. But just so side story. So Kylie and I have been friends for a very long time. We met through Community of Yoga, um, which we've done work together. We've done yoga retreats together. We've done full moon yoga classes together. We've seen Um, aliens together. Oh my gosh, we saw a (laughs) UFO. I am not kidding. Every time I see anything with that, you immediately come to my mind. We were, I I had like a little, um, winter solstice party and I was talking to a friend of ours that, um, had attended one of Kylie and I's retreats, or maybe she did, or she had done it in the past, but, um, we were in the middle of nowhere, Texas and Kylie and I were leading a meditation and we just both, both saw it at the same time. And like Kylie grabbed my knee and she's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I know I saw it. It was these three lights. People think I'm crazy when I talk about this. I Google it up afterwards too. But we looked at it and we're like, what the crap was that? Yeah. There was was pretty wild. It wasn't in the sky y'all. It was like, it was like floating in the sky, not like up in the stars. Anyways, we saw the three lights make some weird motions and fake, and then they disappeared. And we're like, what the sh? Oh my God. It was really, it was, we've gone through some funny things together. Yeah. Yeah. Some crazy stories. You just have to giggle about it. Um, But, anyways, yeah. So, Kylie and I have been friends for a really long time and have met through the yoga community. And I think we've just both have grown as moms and as friends and have seen so much. I've gone through so much together. So, I'm just so grateful that she's going to um, share some of these fun little question answers for us. I know some of them. But <laughs> anyway, so these questions just like... I'm like nervous. I'm I know. Like, what is she going to ask me? Every, no everyone idea. gets a little nervous. You just have to just like, just, oh, just jump okay. in. Don't even right. think about it. All right. Okay. I'm ready. Are you a coffee or a tea drinker? Tea. 100%. What's your favorite tea? Earl Grey. Oh, you're the one that brought me into... The whole, um, London the London fog. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys! The <laughs> London fog is so freaking good. Um, it has it's black tea, mm-hmm. and it has vanilla in it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Vanilla and, and almond milk, almond or, milk, or whatever your milk, milk is. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, are you a night owl or a morning gal? Morning. And what are some of your rituals for the morning? Mm, I get up and I do. 10 dirga breaths, which dirga breath is just like a beginner's breath where you start breathing from the bottom to the center of your chest and then letting it fill up in your throat and then exhaling throat, chest, belly. 
So you breathe in one way and you breathe out the opposite way. So I do that and then I journal. So I'll just kind of sit and write um, whatever randomness is like residue from yesterday or from dreams. And then I get into some more intentional writing, like how I want to show up for that day based on, you know, whatever I'm navigating. So I love that. I try, you, you actually inspired me to get up early and I've got a couple girlfriends who wake up at the butt crack of dawn. I can't wake up at like the four o'clock hour, but Mm -hmm. the five o'clock hour is definitely my jam to get up and meditate a little bit, drink something warm and just get myself feeling grounded for the day. Especially if you struggle with anxiety Mm -hmm. or just have that tendency to wake up on a stressful note. That's a great way to start your day. Amazing. Um, What is one of the your most favorite places you've ever traveled to? Um, gosh, that is so hard to narrow down. (laughs) You know, we, we were in Italy and I loved Florence like so much. Um, I loved the just all the renaissance that's in that place is just amazing. I loved the south of France where we were. Um, it's hard for me to narrow it down, but I love Europe. So, I mean, anywhere in Europe, I pretty much love. Oh, my gosh, me <laughs> so. too. We got to – we actually we were in Paris, France together for a couple of days before we got to venture down to south, southern France for a retreat. But we got to see the Notre Dame before mm-hmm. – a week before a it week burned. before it burned yeah. down, like how yeah. crazy is that? Yeah, which my husband always says, I think it's because you lit a candle for me <laughs> at the Notre Dame. I was like, oh, maybe that is what happened. Anyway, he always. <laughs> oh, Royce. I know. Um, what is what is the favorite thing you've ever owned, and why? Favorite thing I've ever owned. Beautiful question. Okay, I have a painting. So I spent a summer in Paris when I was 19. Um, I spent a whole summer there. And I ventured down to the art district by myself one afternoon and picked up a painting from a man down there. And I have it hanging on in my bedroom. And it's still one of my favorite things. Like if my house was burning down, I would grab it off the wall and and run out the door with it. So that's, I think that's what you mean, yep. right? Like something, yeah, that, um, that would be it for me. Love yeah. that. What scares you? Like what's your biggest fear? What scares me? I know um, I want to know this because this girl has, ta- has gone through some fearful moments with me in the past. Um, so I'm curious what scares you. Cause I don't think anything does. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, I mean, I appreciate that. I feel like I am scared a lot. I just do it anyway. Right. Um, what scares me? You know, I mean, I think all the normal stuff, like my kids getting hurt, right? Like um, my my husband has a, you know, kind of a tough job where he's, um, you know, in harm's way from time to time. So I worry about that. Those kinds yeah. of things scare me. Yeah. No, like, but I'm not scared of like, like bugs. Oh, or... I know. I know that. No big spiders. No crazy no. like Thomas Skull sweat lodges with like crazy shaman demon screaming at you? No, I mean, I don't know. None of that really. Oh, gosh. The ocean doesn't scare me. I, I don't know. know. You do a good job with all that stuff. Kylie and I have gone on some trips together where she has see, probably seen sides of me. Most people have never seen sides of me and has held my hand through some of those scary situations. I'm not as brave as Kylie. I don't like no. getting into dark holes and jumping in water and swimming in swamp stuff or whatever. Oh, well. Um... Which celebrity do you 
maybe it doesn't have to be a celebrity. It could be like a historic figure that you kind of aspire to or look up to or really gravitate to, whether it might be style or personality or looks or... I'm obsessed with Katie Holmes. Oh my gosh, I love her too. So I would say her, like off the top of my head, that's who I... There's a couple of other French um, girls, but just off the top of my head that I know listeners will know Katie Holmes for sure. So. I have a side note about Katie Holmes. So my great-grandma, Katie Holmes is from Toledo, Ohio, which uh-huh. is where my family is. Uh-huh. So my great-grandma, Francis Fortham, was Katie Holmes's nanny. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. So she was like very close with the Holmes family and... I never knew that until later on, and it was like a year before my grandma died. She goes, oh, yes, she does not like Tom Cruise. So she was like, ugh. The f- I, isn't that crazy? That's funny. Yeah, I it's, love her. It's love funny her. you bring her up. I know. She's so beautiful. Um, are you a mountain girl or ocean girl? I think I'm more of an ocean girl, um, but I often think about this because I love, I just love the outdoors. So, yeah. But I think if I had to choose, I'd probably say ocean. If I were to open your bedside table, mm-hmm. what would I find next to your bed? Oh, you would find, I mean, how much, how many things do we need to name here? <laughs> this um, is green juice see. and tequila. So, <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Um, yeah, you should books. hide those things. I have, right. Books for sure are, are there. Essential oils. I have some lavender. I have um, another oil from a company called Campo that I'm living right now. Mm. So I'm that, um, probably just some like random odds and ends. My journal's in there, pen, you know. What book has impacted you the most? Like if you could list one book. Um, One that really impacted me early on was A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Oh my gosh, yes. That really changed me in my 20s and I still feel like I'm like give gratitude to it all the time because it really shifted things. I love that. Um, okay. If So are you watching like any TV series right now? Or do you have like a show that you're watching? Um, let's see. Royce and I are watching Jack Ryan. That's one we've been watching on Netflix. And that's it right now. Jack Ryan? Isn't that with um, the guy from The Office? Yes. It's a good one. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Do you know what I just got done binging is Schitt's Creek. Oh, I've heard that's good. Oh my gosh, it's so good. There's five seasons. I've heard it's funny. Oh girl, you should do it. It's a good one. I'll have to check it out. Um, And okay, so we're going to get a little deep here. What is your earliest childhood memory that you have that you can remember? My earliest childhood memory is dressing up with my cousin Mary Emily and spinning. We used to like hold hands and just spin and spin and spin. So, Aww, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my earliest ones. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. I always get confused whether I'm like really remembering something or if it's something I saw like on a home video or Right. You know, or something back, someone told you. Yeah. And you yeah. When you just visualize and see yeah. it. Um okay. So let's get into Let's get into some fun stuff. Yeah. What would be, what was your most embarrassing thing you've ever done on a date before? Um, Oh, well, when Royce and I first met, 
I tried, we were like at a barbecue and we were supposed to be taking off the husks for the corn Uh to put on the grill. Well, I had never done it before and I was trying to do it backward. (laughs) And he like never forgot that, like ever. So we, we giggle about that from time to time. So that's probably, I mean, that's one of the things. I'm sure there are many other that people out there (laughs) Do you speak any foreign languages? I mean, no, not really. You know, a little French, a little Spanish, but nothing fluently, no. And what's your favorite dessert, all-time favorite dessert? Lemon icebox pie. Lemon anything, truthfully. Lemon icebox pie or just lemon bars. I love all things lemon. You do. You you, Lemon water. Lemon water. I just love it. Um, What's your favorite exercise? Like, what do you do for working out? Um, Right now, I am... What am I doing? I am doing a little bit of Legree, which is kind of Pilates, mm-hmm. still yoga. And um, yeah, that's kind of it. Little runs here and there. Walking my, I walk my dogs every day. So I love that kind of thing. I love that. You and I, um, Kylie is a, run, is a runner. She likes to run. We used to live um, very close to each other, and there was this. I'll, actually, all my like fitness endeavors, I've always gone on. You, we've always done them together. Like we did fit systems mm-hmm. together. We're like, oh, we're gonna go try this out. So, anyways, we go for a run one morning. She wakes up at the butt crack of dawn to do these like six a.m. runs. I'm like, I'll go with you. I'll do it. We had like headlamps on. We're like running through the trails. She only invited me to do this one time, um, but we were we were in the middle of a little green belt, and I think I probably screamed my head off. I don't know, like three times. You you were totally there was out. there were so many animals and critters that come out yes. in, in the dark time. But that dog, there was a legit. There was a dog. Yeah, there was he, a reason for screaming on that yeah. one. He that yeah. was a little frightening. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Anyways, um, she never asked me to go running. <laughs> At that time ever that again. That was it. That was it. She's like, mm, no more. If you were to have lunch with, if you had to choose to have lunch with Mir- St- Mural, Mural Street mm-hmm. or Reese Witherspoon, who would it be? Mural Street. Oh, yeah. She's so cool. She's so cool. Um, do you have any pet peeves and what are they? Or maybe um, just list maybe your top three pet peeves. Um, oh my God. I know. I can't think of my pet peeves. Oh, just think of me. I think like maybe just like when people aren't open to hear, um, other perspectives, that's kind of a pet peeve. Yeah. When people feel like they are, you know, better, that's kind of a pet peeve. Yeah. So those kinds of things, I guess, all the, all the, yeah. My biggest pet peeve with, is with Matt. He Mm -hmm. never puts the toothpaste cap on mm. and that toothpaste gets all over the place. Yeah. That drives me crazy yeah. or smacking. Mm. I cannot handle smacking or yeah. slurping. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. My friend, we've got three more questions. Let's see. What is your, what is your favorite food? Croissants. Oh yeah. Croissants are so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cheese, cheese, any, cheese. The any bread and trees. <laughs> oh my, right? It's like when you're on like a your those paleo or whole thirty diets where they limit your dairy intake, and that's all you all of a sudden all you want is like Absolutely. bread and cheese. 
Why wouldn't you? Although, like, the bread and cheese over in Europe doesn't affect any of us the way it does here. Mm-hmm. I just think there's, like, there's obviously, like, a strong line Something, between yeah. those two. Um, okay, so are you a re- rosé girl or a red wine? Red wine. And what's your favorite red wine? I don't. I don't know. No? I'm like, oh, well, like, type, I like Malbecs. Malbecs? But I don't have, like, a favorite, like... like a- like a favorite Co- like region. Or, no, 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 no. None of that uh, stuff. Uh-uh. I just started getting into Italian wines mm-hmm. because of a friend of ours who's really into Italian wines. They're so good, like red blends and mm-hmm. anyways. Sure. Uh, or Zenfandales, mm-hmm. like a red Zen. That's yeah. kind of like a Malbec. Yeah. So, girl, I always end my last question. What is your mantra? Um, My mantra right now, let's see. Hmm. I had, well, yeah. So I think one that's kind of been circulating for me is just like, I am limitless. Mm. So just like not putting limitless limits on myself and my capabilities and what I want to do and how I want to grow my business and the women that I want to serve and all of that. So I I think that's kind of been what's really circulating lately. I love that. I have one more question. I always ask this too. Green juice or tequila? Oh my gosh. Green juice or both? I know. <laughs> That's usually the both. answer. I've had a couple girls. I usually make big green juices in the morning for morning podcast recordings, and then in the evening we're sipping on tequila. Yeah. But I've had some girls mix them together. Yeah. Like mix the tequila in the green juice at 1030 in the morning. No, no, no. I'm not like, ready for that. Yeah, no. I was <laughs> like, we'll be sleeping on the way yeah, home. I'm not ready for that. So before we like kind of close our podcast, I want to really dive deep into some of the work that you're currently doing. So Kylie is a life coach mm-hmm. um, and works with women. And so I feel like it would be great to kind of just end our podcast with some little nuggets for either for our listeners or for women in general. Um, you know, since we kind of got into like the career path and the business and selling our business and, you know, like what are some advice or directions or maybe even practices for women to figure out like, what is their purpose? Like what, what path am I supposed to go down? You know, what job am I supposed to do? How do I know how to make that decision? Or how do I know when I'm supposed to leave a job or leave a situation? Like if if there's any like, um, little tidbits of, advice mm-hmm. that you could give for those okay, people. Okay, I'm going to tell you. You ready? Yes. Y'all lean in, listen up, turn up the volume. Don't wait for your purpose. Create it. Do not wait for it to come and pinch you on the booty. Create it. That is advice that I wish someone would have told me years ago. Like when I say years ago, I mean like college when I felt like I was just searching, trying to find like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What do I want to do? Couldn't find it. Just stop, create it. What do you love? Create it. You know, that's been the most powerful advice that I've received. And I'm like, God, I wish somebody would have told me that back in my twenties. You know, I, who knows if I would have listened to oh, anyway, right? but I'm just saying like, don't wait, don't wait for someone to come along and validate you or say your idea is good or say that your concept is good. Just get out there and do it and create it. Yes. I freaking love that. Yeah. I just think the finding is a way for people to just like keep procrastinating mm-hmm. and or not, your brain or, will do that. Your brain will keep you. Something is never good enough. You know, mm-hmm. like I've met people who are like, 
I have to do this. It's not ready to be released. I can't let it go yet. I have to do this, this, and this and plan for this. And by that point, you're like six months into this idea of planning and you miss the opportunity or the window to actually put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I always say that like, you know, procrastination is, I mean, I'm sorry, perfection, perfectionism is, is hope couture procrastination. It really is a form of procrastination. It feels protective. It feels like, um, necessary, even like, no, I got to get it right. I got to get it perfect. And it's really just a way to stay in procrastination mode. And your brain loves that. Your brain wants to keep you safe. So it wants you to, you know, stay in the cave and don't, you know, Mm -hmm. get out there and put yourself out there. And it really is just the putting yourself out there where you will gain that, that confidence. So yeah, I mean, perfectionism is procrastination 100%. Oh, for sure. What would be a kind of a little nugget maybe you could give to someone who is currently burnt out and they're tired or, you know, they do want to end up shifting out of whatever they are they're in but they're too scared to or their fear there there's a fear behind you know leaving or starting something new like what would you say if you had like a client that came and was like I am burnt out I don't even know what the crap I'm how to handle this or how to get out of this or what to do like what would be some direction or tools that they could use to kind of navigate through that or simplify their life a little bit Yeah I mean I would say Certainly just like the obvious, like stepping back and getting, maybe reframing, like, why am I doing this? I think why is such a powerful question. I think it's a question we don't ask ourselves enough about what we're doing, um, about our goals, about all of it. Um, I think just like, why, what does this mean to me today? If I were to um, have this business again? Would I choose this business again? Would I choose to be doing the things I'm doing now if I, if I had to do it all over again? And just asking why I think is a really good question. Is this something that I really feel I want to continue doing? If I fast forwarded five years and looked back, how would I feel? I think just looking at it from several different perspectives is really helpful. Um, for people that are feeling really burned out. And honestly, just stepping back is huge and reconnecting with why you started in the beginning. I love that. Well, so Kylie, what are some of your um, upcoming endeavors or, you know, even speak to life coaching? I, I mean, y'all, I've I've um, been seeing a couple's life coach um with Matt and I for over a year and a half. And honestly, I would have never known to go down a life coaching path until you had started your business and talking more about it. And I was like, I want to find a life coach. I want to find someone to help navigate some of these emotions and thought processes and decision-making and kind of give it to an alternative to seeing like a therapist or something. So um, I would love to just hear a little bit more about your business and what you're offering. And so viewers can be able to find you and kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So I think, I think what you said is pretty, it's, it's dead on because I think sometimes people think like, well, there's nothing wrong. I really don't need to go see a life coach or talk to a life coach or to, to a therapist. And what I want to say is like, nothing has to be wrong in order for you to just want to up-level your life. Oh, for sure. What I will say that I'll just speak to briefly is therapists and life coaches are different. Therapists um, are, you know, are licensed. They have, they have licenses. A lot of them can prescribe 
you know, medication. They often go back to your past. Um, if there are things in your past that you need to look at or dig up or um, go through, they are pa- more past focused than life coaches. Life coaches are present, take present, function, functioning humans, adult humans, and move you forward. And um, I just want to say that the one I've done so much work um, through my yoga teaching and training and meditation. And the one-on-one work that I have done with my life coach has been by far the most transformative work that I've ever done in my life. And there wasn't anything wrong other than I just felt really guilty for having all of the things and I still felt this really deep, quiet suffering. And it's why I do the work that I do today. I life coach women who have it all and they still feel unsatisfied. And I think it's a quiet suffering. I think it's something that a lot of women don't talk about because they feel guilty and because they feel like, well, I have all the things, right, that society tells me I should have. I have beautiful kids. I have a great partner. I have a beautiful home. I drive a great car. Why don't I feel happy? And, you know, if you, you can do all the things and have all the things, and if your mind is still really unmanaged, it's you're going to feel unhappy. And so, so much of what life coaching has taught me is about, um, you know, processing urges, processing negative emotions. That's been a huge piece for me. Um, feeling those all the way through, learning that my, my thoughts create my feelings, which drive my actions, and learning how to manage my mind and direct my brain. Because um, you're, if your mind is left unmanaged and you're just on these default modes, you're you're probably not going to land where you want to land, you know? So um, that's the work I do. I mean, right now I work one-on-one with women and I love it. I love, I love one-on-one work. I think that's really, I'm an introvert, truly. I like to do some extroverted things from time to time, but I'm an extra, I mean, I'm an introvert. So I think, although I love groups, I think probably where I shine is just being one-on-one with people and um, guiding them through mom guilt and upping the passion in the bedroom with their husbands and um, goals. I'm working on goals with a client now who's wanting to move her business in a different direction and um, all the things. So I definitely talk about life coaching under the umbrella of style because it's what I think um, people limit style to to what you put on the outside, but style is so much more than that. It's so much more. Fashion is the outside, right? Style is how you live your life, how you show up in the world. Oh, that. And that is um, that is really my passion because I think um, we all have that in us. We all have that we want to show up with a certain style. And so my really what I feel like my expertise is is helping people find that for themselves helping them intentionally step into that in their own lives and step back into their their power, right? Step back into the power of owning the body that they have right where they are, not 10 pounds thinner, you know, right where you are and step into owning relationships. Stop blaming everybody around them for the way they feel. And it's stuff that we don't learn. It's stuff that we're not taught, um, unfortunately, but it's just, it's such beautiful work. And I'm always so honored with what what women bring me and just that I get to help them maneuver through these things. It's just 
it's always such an honor for me to get to do that. So. Well, and I feel like this is something you've done unknowingly for so long. Like you've been that to so many friends and family members, and it's just like a natural, intuitive thing for you to be able to participate in. So I'm so excited that now that I've seen this like whole shift with you and this new business. And y'all, if you're looking for a life coach, Kylie is awesome and amazing. And, you know, I've seen her interact with so many women over the years and she's inspired all of us and her circle of friends. So we're just like super grateful to have her all in our lives, but I will post all of her information on this podcast episode. So you guys can follow her on Instagram. She's super inspiring there with her style and with her little gold nuggets of just making you feel better each day. And I'll be sure to put down her blog and website too. So if you guys do want to reach out to Kylie, maybe book a one-on-one session, um, you guys can find her there. So yay. Thanks so much, mama. I know. I love it. Thanks for listening, guys. Of course. All right, y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye guys.